This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm guilty of it as well, but people tend to worry a whole lot about things that are just beyond their ability to control. So, so worry about the things that you can control, which usually. Welcome to Change Your Mindset podcast, where it's all about believing in and executing on different and innovative ways to strengthen both your leadership and communication skills to help increase your success, and especially in today's disruptive business environment. One of the most effective ways of building stronger leadership and communication skills is by embracing the principles of improvisation. <laughs> yes, that's right, improv. Your host, Peter Margaritas, is an improv virtuoso. He's also a certified speaking professional and a CPA, also known as the Accidental Accountant. Each episode of Change Your Mindset is designed to bring you different and innovative ideas, thoughts, and behavioral changes on a variety of differing topics, with the sole purpose of strengthening your critical soft skills. We may call them soft skills, but they are the hardest to master. And when we do, greater success and growth is the result. So jump in and start changing your mindset now. Let's start the show. Welcome to the Change of Mindset podcast. My guest today is Bill Sheridan, who is a passionate knowledge hunter, content curator, and lifelong learner on a mission to revolutionize the accounting and finance profession. As Chief Communication Officer for the Maryland Association of CPAs, he's not your typical executive. Bill is a trailblazer, a visionary, and a creative force behind the Maryland Association of CPA's acclaimed blog, CPA Success. When he's not crafting compelling content, Bill is busy producing and co-hosting the Maryland Association of CPA's captivating CPA Spotlight podcast, where he delves deep into the latest industry trends and insight. But that's not all. This dynamic communicator also keeps the association members engaged and informed through multiple social media networks. Bill's electrifying energy and expertise has made him a sought-after speaker at national conferences. He captivates audiences with his visions of the future of accounting and finance, the strategic potential of social media, and the ever-evolving world of communication, collaboration, and education. Bill lights the path towards a brighter, more innovative profession within each presentation he does. As if that weren't enough, he's a key player in the Business Learning Institute, regularly delivering powerful presentations that ignite inspiration and growth. And let's not forget, he's a certified insights to action strategic facilitator, a true master of transforming ideas into impactful actions. Bill's journey began at State University of New York at Buffalo, 
where he honed his intellectual prowess. In 2010, he achieved the prestigious Certified Association Executive designation from the American Society of Association Execs, showcasing his dedication to professional excellence. Bill's passions don't end with his career. In 2017, he embraced a new challenge, earning the Certified Personal Trainer designation from the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Always striving for personal growth, he embodies the spirit of continuous improvement in all aspects of his life. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Without further ado, let's get to the interview with Bill Sheridan. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Now, before we get started with this interview, I'm I'm here with a a good friend. His name is Bill Sheridan. You guys know Bill Sheridan. He's been on the podcast before. And uh, uh, the chief information officer at the uh, um, Maryland Association of CPAs. But there's something bigger than that. There's something a lot bigger than that. <laughs> Bill and I are avid Reds fans. And Cincinnati we have Reds. suffered for years until recently. Been a long, dry decade. It has been a long, dry decade. And, 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 and this these young, these young studs that they brought up, man, it, it's fun to watch the Reds. Yeah, I don't know how many people are listening are baseball fans, but this is this has been a really fun season mostly for me because it's completely it's completely out of the to borrow a pun i guess out of left field i mean it, it, <laughs> no i don't think anybody was expecting this team to do a whole lot this year they lost 100 games last year and uh. but they're they're winning they're they're contending and they're there's like you said they're just really fun to watch a bunch of rookies who are just you see the joy in them yeah. playing and it's kind of contagious. And yeah, so it, it's been, it's been great. I hope they can keep it up for a little while longer anyway. Yeah. So, so do I, but that's not here what we're to talk about. We had to get, but I had to get a little bit of plug in there for the reds because I don't, hopefully, hopefully now they don't fall apart that we've mentioned. Because <laughs> yeah. we, everybody geez. listens to this. Yeah. Everybody in the reds listens to my podcast. Well, I hope so too. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's been great. It's been yeah. a joyful season. So so in your role as chief information officer at the Maryland Association of CPAs, you have your ear to the, to the, to the ground about what's going on with the future with accounting and, and, and the profession and what it, what it might look like in the future. Um, so I just want to kind of pick your brain on, on your viewpoint of where this profession is heading. Mm, that, yeah. I mean, that's, we could, we could talk forever on that. Um, there's a lot going on. Um, and it's exciting times. It's, it's scary in, in, uh, a few ways, but, um, it's gotten, it's gotten everybody's attention, um, which is great because we've been, you know, uh, at the MACPA, we've been kind of harping on this, this future, future readiness concept mm-hmm. for, for a long time. Um, and for a long time, it was, it was, it was difficult to get people to, to pay attention. And I don't know if it was the pandemic that kind of, spurred people on and said, whoa, things are changing and really fast. And now I've really got to buckle down and pay attention. Um, uh, but, but I think more and more people are now, which, which is a good thing. So, um, you know, from our standpoint, um, the more people were paying attention to this stuff, the better off we're going to be going forward. So. Right. And, and I think the biggest one, you know, being, being now back at the university setting and in, and in the school of accounting, uh, at Oklahoma state university, one of the things we're seeing is the drop off of students enrolling in accounting programs, mm-hmm. uh, which means, you know, we've been talking about the pipeline for years. 
uh, and, and we're trying to take it. We're trying to address it on our side of the fence. However, right. on the on the other side of the fence, there's got to be some. So it appears to be there's some panic looming. Yeah, there's. Um, I, I think there is uh, in certain. Um, I mean, everybody's worried about it, right? If there's 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 fewer students who have decided to study accounting. Um, which means there's fewer graduates uh, who are planning to take the CPA exam, which means there's fewer CPAs, there's less talent for firms to hire. I mean, the, it's, it's, it's just one domino after another. And so, yeah, a lot of people are worried about it. Um, panicking. Um, I, I haven't noticed a lot of panic, but there's a lot of, Hey, we need to do something now um, type of conversations going on. Um, and and we're, we haven't been immune to that. There's a lot of folks in the state society world talking about, you know, do we have to take a stand on on, uh, you know, whatever those barriers are to to getting more students into the profession. I, I know a lot of people are focusing on the 150 hours, mm -hmm. um, that requirement, um, focusing on a, a few other things um, at the MACPA, we're, we're, we're not. We haven't really taken a position on that type of stuff yet. There's some really interesting conversations going on about all yeah. that, which I think is good. Um, it might be time to to reconsider some of that stuff. Um, we're we're we've taken kind of a different tact, and we're we're asking our members to to rediscover their passion for the profession. Why, you know, why did they get into accounting in the first place? Right. There, there had to have been something there that drew them into this profession that made them say, Hey, this is where I want to spend my career. Right. And, and so we we're trying to get them to reconnect to that and to share that passion with potential future students so that they, they can find their own passion. I'll give you an example. Uh, our, our, our CEO, Rebecca Brown, she went to um, she went to speak at a, a local firm not too long ago. Um, and she was asking that that very question, why accounting for you? Right. And there was a, there was an intern there who who raised his hand and gave his story. He said that he, he and this is almost word for word. He said he loves solving complex problems for his clients so that his clients in turn can solve complex problems for, for uh, their clients and the community. He, I, for instance, if one of his clients happens to be a not-for-profit doing really important work in the community, well, he sees the work that he does for that client as something that can help that client go out and fulfill its mission within the community and help better other people's lives. And that's a really, that's a really great why, right? That's that mm -hmm. it's not about taxes. It's not about accounting or auditing. It's about, it's about what I do ultimately helping other people live better lives. And, 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 and I think that, you know, the more we can start telling those types of stories, uh, hopefully the more we can inspire other, other, um, uh, you, you know, young students who are, trying to figure out what they want to do, stop and say, Hey, you know, um, I've got a certain, uh, skill set and this, 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 why this passion sounds pretty good to me. So let, let's go in that direction. Um, I think there's, um, I think there's a lot of opportunity for, and, and quite frankly, it's time to change the narrative around mm -hmm. the profession. Right. Um, 
we spend most of our time talking about what we do. Right. Yeah. Taxes, auditing, um, working hard, yeah. 80 hour weeks during tax season. I yeah. mean, that stuff's not inspiring, you know, right. <laughs> but but what what are those stories? We've all got a story about why we got into the profession that might be inspiring. And let's find that and tell those stories. So, I, I'm, you know, if you want to take a hopeful path on this on this conversation about pipeline that's that's kind of where we're leaning at this point the other stuff will shake out um smarter people uh, than us working on all of that um and there are some um some pilot programs in place that uh, you know it'll be interesting to see what happens in terms of you know um, earn and learn type of things in terms of addressing the 150 hours, but we're, we're kind of, we're focusing more on that passion and trying to get people, you know, really excited about joining this profession. Well, emotion drives uh, decision-making and, and that's, I, I don't know, I think that's the right approach to go. I mean, part of, part of the issue coming up in 2025, there's a call it the academic cliff when there's not enough college, students, not enough high school students to fill most of the colleges. Hmm. And it's this big, epic tsunami that's, that's going to happen. Um, but in the meantime, how do you, you know, and, and this is, I, I put a lot of uh, ownership on faculty. How do we inspire these kids? We can't teach accounting the way we taught it 20 years ago, to your point. Right. And when we talk about it, we can't say, I worked 120 hours last week. That's a badge of honor. They're going, yeah, take your badge and. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's not. And and the bigger firms, some are still doing that, you know, uh, grind and move on. And, you know, let's see how much how much blood, sweat and tears I can get out of them before they quit uh, that, right. that, that old school mentality. But I think the culture of the organization and, you know, this gentleman named Joey Havens, mm-hmm. who wrote the book Leading with Significance and how he changed the culture of Horn. Uh, that's what we need out there. That's what we need to be doing. We need to be, you know, put people for, take the, the Richard Branson approach. I don't worry about my, my customers. I worry about the people I hire. If I put them in the right spot and treat them well, they'll take care of my customers. They'll take care of the customers. Exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's um, it's it's really I've been saying this for years now, but it's really interesting, given where we are with technology and how quickly technology is advancing and all the conversations happening around all all these new tools um, that the the skills that I think are going to be really important going forward aren't have they've got nothing to do with well i mean to a certain extent they do we've we've got to know and understand these tools and learn how to use them but the really important skills that we're going to need to remain relevant going forward are are our people skills are, are, you know, building better relationships, communication, mm-hmm. um, uh, anticipation. They're, they're, they're more on the human side. And I think it's a really kind of an interesting paradox for where we're at that, um, you know, as, as, as technology advances as quickly as it is, and we've got to learn how to use that. It's even more important that we, we learn these kind of new people oriented skills, and those are going to be the ones that really drive us forward. Well, that's um, that's what they're doing at Oklahoma State. And that's why I went there. Uh, yeah. they, they, uh, Dr. Audrey Gramling, the former uh, program chair for the County of, uh, School of Accounting, had this idea. Let's find a way to build communication courses, communication offerings within the School of Accounting. So they walk out with, you know, you get your baseline 
curriculum of, of through the BCOM and the business administration stuff, but how can we, how can we meet what the market is asking for? Mm-hmm. And having a student come out that can write better, who can do a presentation, but also go deeper. And we, we built this building, this communication center that we're offering professional development through the master's program that's mandatory for them. They're not getting credit hours for it, but they're getting badges to prove mm-hmm. that they they the art of listening, uh, better business writing, better presentations, uh, emotional intelligence. Uh, 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 and, and we've got about 15 of them and, and the remainder of just kind of drawing a blank on me right now, mm-hmm. but going deep. So when they come out, whether they've already got a job or not, if the other university didn't have this in their curriculum yep. and they can show proof of success in that those students are going to excel. And exactly. that's, that's a differentiator in this process. And maybe that is, is part of the answer to this, this, this conversation about the 150 hours is, you know, I mean, it, it, I don't know if I'm, I think I'm right in saying that in, in many cases they don't, they don't really but there aren't any barriers on what you can take for that 150 hours. So what they really no requirements uh, that I know of are really strict ones on what those, those extra 30 hours look like. So what if there's a way to tie those extra 30 hours into these types of future ready skills that we know are going to be important going forward. Right. Um, I, I don't know what the answer is there, but I think that there's some opportunity anyway to, to kind of have a conversation around that. Yeah, it would be it would be. I mean, these these skills and I'm telling the students now, this is just the start in, in a long journey of building your people skills. Your We're calling them power skills, whatever we call them. We always call them soft skills, but I always said they were really hard to master. Right. Nice. Would shake their head, yes. Um, and, and at least this is the start, but they can't walk in and go, well, I don't have to do anything else. I've got, you know, these 15 badges that I did. No, no, you still have a lot more to do. Yeah. And you continue yeah. to grow and, and continue to make mistakes, but hopefully you've made a lot of them in, in the safety of a classroom. Yep. And those others out there will come, but maybe not to the detriment that maybe others have over the years. I did right. myself, right. myself included in that. Well, look, and, and the, the, you know, getting back to this, this whole conversation about technology. I mean, so the foundational skills in, in this profession are never going away. We're always right. going to have to have that baseline uh, understanding and, and right. competence uh, about what makes an accountant an accountant. Um, but I mean, more and more going forward, technology is going to be doing a whole lot more of that kind of number crunching mm-hmm. for us. Um, and, and the number of things that it's going to be able to do well is going to increase going forward. It's just, it, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, given the exponential pace of advancing technology, you almost have to accept as table stakes that almost anything is going to be possible in the future. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so, so given that the skills that we're, as we, as we kind of look at where the profession is heading right now, anyway, at this moment in time, of course, uh, client uh, accounting services, huge in the profession. Right. And it's that, that, a next evolution of, of what a CPA does. Mm-hmm. 
allowing technology to to crunch those numbers and adding greater value through these other services, uh, it does require a new set of skills. And um, so I think that's where we're at. We're going to, we, yeah, we're going to come out of school with some baseline skills that are going to get us started in this profession. But our job, uh, our, our job is to be professional students going forward and, um, and just continually learn um, the skills that are going to keep us relevant. So. And part of this, we get the 40 hours that we need to get uh, on, a, on an annual basis in, in, in most states, I believe. Um, and it's, it, it goes back to it goes back to Tom. But when mm-hmm. he was talking, when he was talking about the bounce, you know, mm-hmm. they come in as a first year staff. And, and for that first five years of getting all technical accounting knowledge into their system, into their DNA, they yep. make manager. Now they're required to supervise individuals. And a lot of people, one, shouldn't be doing that because they're they're highly technical, but they don't possess the ability of empathy or, or that to help grow people. But then they have, don't have any skill set right. in that or not raised around it. And then they leave for the most part or they fight their way through and, and, and move their way up. Uh, whereas why don't we take 90 percent of it and give them 10 percent mm-hmm. mm-hmm. of, of these communication types of skills? Uh, yeah. you know, how, how do you build a professional network? Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, these are the skills that are going to, uh, that are going to be hugely valuable and important going forward. And, and I mean, you alluded to it earlier. I think that there's, I think educators and education, like the, and when I say education, I'm talking about the educational system <laughs> in this country. I think there's, uh, I think there's, going to have to be some really uh, deep conversations about are we are, are, are we continuing to do what we've always done or how do we need to evolve in order to educate the next uh, generation of, of accountants in a way that's going to put them on a path for success going forward, right? Um, helping make it sure that once they leave, they've got at least the baseline skills that they're going to need to be successful. And so, yeah, I, you know, it's, it's, it's not just, it's not any one set of people who are dealing with these types of issues and conversations. It's everyone from, from left to right, top to bottom. This is impacting all of us. So. Right. And just one last word on this. Um, My publisher, Kate, Colbert and a colleague hers who's in higher ed wrote a book called Commencement, The New Era in Higher Education. Hmm. And basically, and, and they started this through their podcast, the Ed Up podcast, and all these interviews with, with university presidents and stuff, they compiled all this information. And the, the one thing that basically came out of it is if you're running your institution the same way you did in the past, you're not going to survive. Mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. to become more interactive in the classroom. We 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 have to, you know, in this micro credentialing aspect of it and certificate programs. Those are those have taken off um, at a at a rocket's pace over the last number of years. I mean, when I thought digital badges, I went, I don't need no stinking badge. But the more that I've gotten into the back into higher ed and understood the argument. Okay, then then these things are important and we need to embrace them to move forward, to move our institutions forward. If not, there's this thing called cash flow. Mm -hmm. It still comes down to the accountants and the cash flow. That's right. Will will that will that university, will that college survive or 
will they be, will there be MA type of activity out there? Right. In, in higher right. ed. So along these lines, stuff. we talked about technology. So, uh, you know, at the beginning of this, of this year, uh, I did a podcast interview with a guy by the name of Nick Lozano. And I said, Hey, I need your, I need your uh, bio. Could you send it to me? And he did. And he also said, Hey, I got an interesting intro for you. And it was kind of a funny intro for him. And I said, who wrote this? He goes, AI. I go, Alan Iverson? Just being a smile. <laughs> he goes, no, AI. I said, what, what's, what program did you use? Because this thing called ChatGPT. Mm-hmm. I went out to look at it and I opened it up. I went, okay, this, I, this is way over my pay grade. So I just set it aside. Next thing you know, I get Bill Tomoff calling me. I get Carl Ulrich calling me. Hey, have you heard of this thing called ChatGPT? Mm-hmm. Like, well, I better look into this. Um, and then, I mean, what it had like a, a million subscribers within like a day or two or something. Crazy, crazy. Just, I mean, it's insane. The, the, the growth. You're absolutely right. I mean, I started hearing rumblings, I think late last year, 2022. Yeah. Um, but it's just it, it exploded. It's like explosions upon explosions. Right. right. Um, and um, again, it's just it, it, it's it's insane how quickly it's moving and um, how how quickly it's getting good. Right. right. I, I, early on, I think a lot of the conversations were, well, it's good at this, but it's still really stupid at accounting or, you yeah. know, yeah. well, not for long. I mean, it, it's it, it learns as it goes and it's it's going to get smarter really, really fast. So, um, yeah, we got we've got to be paying attention to stuff. And, you know, I've I interviewed Bill and, and Don Tomoff because they got they really jumped in with both feet. Mm hmm. And we came to the conclusion that if we can just remember, it's a start, right? It's not the completion. It's a start. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we were talking before and I find this great for writer's block. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll throw some stuff in there. I also find a great way to come up with some interesting recipes at the same mm-hmm. way. Yeah. And, and it, it's, it's a useful tool. It's not, it's, I still remember when, you know, the internet came out. Oh, it's just a fact. It's going to go yeah. away. <laughs> It's kind of the same thing I'm hearing here, but it's not going to go away and it's only going to get better. It's only going to just, you know, keep expanding on what it already does. It's, it's really interesting. I was at, um, I was at a conference in May, um, media financial management association. Um, so like accounting and finance folks who serve the, um, the media and broadcast world. Okay. And there was a guy there, uh, CEO of a, a, a group called Future Inc. His name was Daniel Anstandig, I believe is how you pronounce it. But he had some really interesting things to say about about all of that. And and I'm looking through my notes here. What was the one? Well, he 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 took a kind of an alarmist view for folks who were not paying attention to this stuff. He said, companies that have not meaningfully incorporated AI into their operating strategies by 2030, which is less than seven years away, will be extinct. That was a direct quote mm-hmm. from him. And it's, I don't know if we, we want to go there, but it it's, 
it's this notion that here's another thing he said, which I, I kind of believe he says that there are some people out there who think we we keep talking about this idea of us being in the fourth industrial revolution right now, which is ruled by, you know, the internet and technological advancements. And and he kind of alluded to this idea that actually we might've moved out of the fourth industrial revolution now and into a fifth revolution, all based on AI. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and so, I mean, that's how quickly it's moving. Um, you know, we, 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 we've talked a lot about in the past about this, this concept called the Gartner hype hype cycle, and you've Mm -hmm. probably seen examples of it, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's the path that new technologies take on the road to productivity and and relevance. And initially there's a huge upswing in hype. Mm -hmm. New technologies come in, they're getting talked up. Everyone's hyped about it. And, and then when people realize Hey, it doesn't do everything that we thought it was going to do. It it drops, the hype drops and everyone thinks, okay, this this isn't all that. And then it kind of plateaus again as people find out what it's actually really good for. And this cycle generally takes a few years for new technologies to kind of run through all those peaks mm-hmm. and valleys. But these new technologies are moving so fast now that I think that cycle is compressing, right? Mm-hmm. And and running through that cycle instead of taking two or three years is taking maybe 18 months now. And and so that that it's dependent on us to really pay attention and figure out how we can use these things faster than than ever before because it won't be it won't be long before the next thing comes along. So um it's it's um what was Moore's? What was the time frame on Moore's law? It was like a oh. doubling of computing power every two years or so. Eighteen to twenty-four months. Eighteen yeah. to twenty-four months. I, I saw an estimate that said, in terms of AI, when you apply the the exponential, the doubling of AI's power happens every three and a half months. Um, so that's 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 where we're at with this stuff, yeah. and and um, and it's only going. You know, I, I, you and I were talking earlier about. Mm-hmm. Um, the things that we've used chat GPT for, and I've, I've used it for, for certain things, certain types of writing that I do communications that we send out to members. And it's great for some things and it's not so good yet at adding like my type of writing and flavor and creativity to it. Yeah. But then the, that keyword with all this comes into play. The, that keyword is yet. It's not good at it yet, but it will be very shortly. I mean, it's learning, it's, it's growing, it's getting more powerful. And, um, and yeah, I, 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 uh, I'm a big believer in this idea that any new technologies are going to allow us to do almost anything that we can put. We're, we're, we're constrained only by our own imagination at this point. We're constrained by the fact that we can't imagine what it can do right. going forward um, a- until it actually does it. So it's, 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 it's exciting. Um, it's scary. And, um, but I, it, it, is it going to change the profession? Yeah. In really um, profound ways, but again, it's on us to pay attention to how it's changing us and figuring out how do we stay relevant while using these, these, these tools. I mean, what it's almost become cliche now The people saying, you know, AI is not going to take a CPA's job. It's not going to replace your job as a CPA, but a CPA who uses AI will, 
you know? Right. So that's, that's kind of the kick in the pants. I think that our profession needs to pay attention to this stuff um, and figure out how we can use it and what else we need to learn to add more relevancy going forward. Yeah. I, I attended a conference EY put on for uh, academic research colloquium and uh, they did a really good job. And then this one professor from, I think Brigham Young university, whose name is escaping me, but he got about 300 faculty members around the country and they put together uh, this research project on ChatGPT. And they, they had it published in, uh, I think, the Journal of Accountancy. If not, it was at least an accounting today. And at, at that point in time, when, when they published it, it, it couldn't pass a, an accounting test to your three and a half months. And because I heard him speak, he goes, well, right now it can pass. Mm -hmm. and, and now they're looking at, well, can it pass the CPA exam? I mean, it's, it's already figured out the bar exam and, and it's just this, uh, the, the momentum it has. And then he went in and showed us through the use of edge and Bing that you can basically have almost any picture created within a matter of moments. Mm -hmm. well, you put the right prompts in, you put the right prompts in and voila. And it's like, okay, that's scary as well. It's scary. Um, uh, and and again, I'm I'm I, I go both ways on it. It's 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 really exciting from a creativity yes. point of view yeah. about like what this stuff will be capable of. It's really scary from um, a misinformation point of view when you yes. think about like people using deep fake. Uh, technology to alter photographs and videos. And right. um, uh, so I, 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 you know, we're in no man's land. I think, it, again, it's moving, it's moving faster than our ability to regulate it at this point. And um, as technology does, um, it's going to be crazy. By the way, Barry Melanson will, will tell you flat out chat GPT is not, or has not passed the CPA exam yet. Right. Um, he says it's passed. Um, you know, review courses and example questions and things like that. But has it sat down to take an actual exam and see what it, it no, it has not done that yet. So he's very clear about that. It, when I was at Engage over the summer, he was, he wasn't like bashing chat GPT or anything, but he was like, listen, all this talk about AI passing the exam hasn't done that yet. So yeah, um, that's the key word. Yeah, exactly. Yet. Right. right. That's exactly. That, that's the, he may have had that tone <laughs> in his voice like yet yeah, it's like it'll be never, but that's right. Um, that's right. Yeah. You still, <laughs> to, you still have to study for the exam. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and have that knowledge base. Um, so what else are you seeing out there? We got a few more minutes left. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, gosh. I mean, we've been we've been so laser focused on on pipeline issues and on on um, AI that it's 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 hard to it's going to be interesting to see what happens um, IRS wise. Now, I'm not a tax person, um, but I do follow what's what's been going on with with uh, the new funding that the IRS has been getting and and. Uh, you know, so-called improvements that they're making in terms of their ability to respond to questions from uh, tax professionals and, and taxpayers out there um, and whether that's going to lead to, to better service. That that's really interesting. I'm, I'm kind of eager to see what happens this this coming tax season. Mm -hmm. I'm really interested in following the debate on should uh, should tax returns be done 
uh, automatically without um, tax preparers stepping in to do it uh, in certain cases, really like typically easy returns. Mm -hmm. I think Congress has been talking about that. There's been some proposals floated about um, putting a system in place that would do that and and the benefits that would have for, for you know, especially low income tax right. payers and, and what that means for our profession as well, which I mean, there's huge implications for our profession and the vendors that serve it. Um, so, I mean, there's a ton of things going on there that, that are uh, really um, exciting and interesting to, to follow. Again, it comes to, you know, we, we did at the MACPA, we did um, a lot of work with a futurist over uh, the last five years or so, Daniel Burris. Yeah. Um, and he, he has this concept that he talks about. Um, he talks about hard trends. These are, or future facts. These are things that are going to happen. Whether we like it or not, they are just going to happen. And he identified three of them that impact our profession directly. And it's it's it, it's amazing how almost all of our conversations about the future of this profession fall into one of those three buckets. They just do. Um, technology is one. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, legislation and regulation mm. is the second it's coming at us faster than ever before, more impactful than ever before. And, um, and demographics talent, uh, and demographics spans a number of different areas. It, it, right. it could be, you know, the, the generational debates about, uh, millennials versus Gen Z versus, um, whatever generation is coming up after Gen Z and all that. But it also, there's a element of diversity and inclusion included in that. There's a, there's an element of this whole talent pipeline conversation that we've had. So it was really kind of, um, um, insightful on, on Dan Burris's heart, uh, when he came up with that list. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it really is crazy when you think about everything, all the different uh, issues that we were dealing with kind of fall into one of those three buckets. Um, and, um, uh, it, it's, so our, our, our challenge going forward is not to moan and groan and, and complain about these things, but find out what are the opportunities that each of these things presents to us and how can we wrap our arms around it and learn more about it and, and take it with us going forward so that we're, we're better prepared for what does come next. So, yeah. I, 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 we're going to quote you on that. We're going to make, we're gonna, when we do our social media stuff, we're going to take that quote that you just did uh -huh. because it's very powerful quote and yeah. don't be afraid of it, but let's understand it better and how it can help us. And yeah. let's let's move forward that way. Yeah. And and the debates about, you know, the the other stuff, um, the end of the world type of stuff that people keep going back to when they talk right. about AI and and all of that. I, I've got no control over that. Right. And, and so it's it, when it comes it, and I'm I'm guilty of it as well, but people tend to worry a whole lot about things that are just beyond their ability to control. So, so worry about the things that you can control, which usually falls on your desk, right? What is it that I need to do in order to prepare for what's to come? And that usually involves some education of some sort. And um, so that's, that's, that's kind of, when I talk myself down out of the ledge, it's, it's, it's usually one, it's usually a conversation around that. Okay. What, what are the things that you have control over? Let's worry about that stuff. So you are such a good improviser because that's one of the rules of improvisation is focus <laughs> on the things you have control on, not the things that you don't have control over. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And 
that just kind of makes it, 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 it it's calmed me down over the years, quite frankly. Oh, I, I, I love hearing you talk about improvisation because there's so many different um, business related lessons embedded in, in that type of stuff. It's yeah. really kind of cool. It, it is cool. It's fun to do. Well, Bill, it, it's, it's good catching up with you. Our paths got crossed sometime soon in person. Um, Someday. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was up in Maryland. I, I think, well, Bill's got a beer. Like, I'll for, keep forgetting somebody. You live in St. Louis. It's that. That's the world we're living in, right? I'm. I'm with the Maryland Association, but full time remote from what we we're calling it the Midwest branch of the MACPA, which is based just outside of St. Louis, Missouri. So, right. so yeah, um, yeah. I, well, well, first of all, thank you for, for right. having me. It's, it's always fun to to talk to you, Peter. And yeah. Um, and yeah, I do look forward to. Um, uh, crossing paths with you, maybe catching another Reds game sometime. And uh, um, let's do it. Let's, let's do it this year because the Cardinals are at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the world has turned upside down. It, First it, you talk, this. talk about talk about crazy, crazy world world we're living in. Yeah, a world where the Reds are on at the top of the division and the Cardinals are at the bottom is. Yeah. I don't know that we've ever seen that before, but um, I'm liking it. So, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, but yeah, thank you for having me. It's been, oh, it's been fun. Absolutely. Great catching up with you. And um, I look forward to sitting, sitting at some adult beverage drinking place with you and having a, having a sip or two on maybe some bourbon. You bet. You bet. That'd be <laughs> All fun. Right. All right, buddy. Again, I'd like to thank Bill for looking into his crystal ball and discussing how you can future proof your career. And the other thing, we're both lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans, if you couldn't tell. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Audible, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast platform. And also, please subscribe to and share this episode with a friend. Please visit my YouTube channel, Peter A. Margaritas, CSP, CPA, Biz Improv Virtual Show, where you can see previous podcast video episodes along with this one. While there, just hit the subscribe button so you won't miss any updates. And always remember, there are people who prefer to say yes, and there are people who prefer to say no. Those who say yes are rewarded by the adventures that they have, and those who say no are rewarded by the safety they attain. Be a yes person, and thank you for listening. Like what you just heard, visit c-suiteradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.